You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly, your host here for OTI. And uh, today's show as we enter into week 14 is one that I'm really uh, looking forward to. And it's a guest I've had on the show a couple of times. And it's always fun talking with him. It's Ben Cummings. He is part of the team over there at the Fantasy Footballers. And like myself, he, well, I do uh, all season long work with Rotoviz, but uh, an occasional contributor over there at the team at Rotoviz, which uh, I always like to give an, an additional plug. Anytime I can plug Rotoviz, I try and slot it in there. But Ben, how have you been? doing my man good man very good it's great to be back and it's a good time to come on because i haven't done a ton of you know kind of redraft or even dynasty talk on podcasts because my focus has been so much with dfs and this is a perfect time because basically everybody hope everybody out there listening made it to the playoffs in at least one of their leagues and it's really kind of dfs time because it's do or die in your playoffs and you got to win this week and so you know we can kind of look at it a little bit from that mindset so i'm excited to uh to get into a number of different topics with you today yeah and we're obviously we're basically all in dfs mode now and uh, for the listeners if you don't uh, know what dfs is and you've been living under a rock dfs stands for daily fantasy sports i think all the oti listeners are pretty clued in on that at this point uh, you know if you're watching any nfl content you're gonna you're gonna hear the word dfs on a, on a very frequent basis but all our leagues now are into the playoffs and it's pretty much win or go home so you're playing in one week slates uh, which you do in dfs and and uh, we'll be talking about a lot of players today, both for this week and then, of course, uh, you know, maybe their long-term outlook as a lot of people listen to the show. Unfortunately, they might be <laughs> out of contention for their championships this year, but hopefully not. Hopefully, you've been listening all season and we've given you some good advice to, to help you run through your league and uh, get yourself into the playoffs. As always, when you start to listen to the show, I'd like to thank you for coming along, checking out OTI. Of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn, all the good ways. And you can also stream us up there on uh, OvertimeIreland.com and a lot of people still use that streaming option from checking through the the different statistics of the the podcast but of course the easiest way to do it is to make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app so whether that's itunes as i mentioned or where it is and of course when you're on there as well hit us up with that rating and uh, if you want give us a a nice little five-star review that'll make me uh, feel very very good about myself as we get here through the end of this season so uh, you know it is uh, week 13 uh, has passed but my week 13 wasn't all that great there was uh you know i I made it into the playoffs in most of the leagues i needed to but i could have had a couple of buys coming up here and a a nice week to relax as we headed into those playoffs but uh, how was your week 13 overall uh, ben Uh, it was pretty good it was pretty good i made uh the playoffs in two two of my four dynasty leagues and that's kind of where um my main focus in either redraft or dynasty are right now because my redraft league struggled a little bit this year with a lot of injuries and uh um, things of that nature. So I'm I'm hoping that at least one of these two dynasty leagues can secure a championship for me. And then Josh McCown was my cash game hero in DFS, won me a little bit of money, uh, threw a lot of that money back into the primetime slate, and it didn't go as well for me. But overall, still pretty solid, um, pretty solid last couple of weeks. Thanksgiving was a fun one the week before, and uh, very exciting times going into week 14 because of you know, the getting to put the pieces of the puzzle back together for DFS once again, like we always get to do, why we love it. But also, again, as we touched on earlier, this is the do or die time, whether it is Dynasty, whether it is Redraft. You get to talk all the trash and, you know, you get to you get to get very emotional as you root for your team and hope 
that a very random one week fantasy matchup goes in your favor and that's why we love it and that's why we hate it but uh that's why we put so so many emotions into it yeah and obviously uh, it all comes down to this if you're playing in season-long leagues it comes down to trying to win that title and as you mentioned there get those bragging rights so of course that's what we want in the next couple of weeks and we've been talking there starting off about dfs and i'm very pleased to announce that uh, we've got a little bit of uh, an affiliation going with DraftKings. they've recently launched here in ireland so with us being uh, you know i would be like i would like to say one of the main voices uh, you know in the nfl kind of community the fantasy football community and uh, from this side of the atlantic uh, we'll be having a couple of listener leagues coming up for the last couple of weeks of the season we'll be doing that up on draftkings.com and of course if you sign up if you haven't played yet maybe it's your uh, first time heading over to draftkings there i will have a promo code in the next couple of days which i will be tweeting out and if you use that draftkings will kick a little bit back here to oti as you uh, sign up and start to play on draftkings and really at this stage of the season and during the season in general like you know in my dynasty leagues there's certain players that i don't have uh, any shares of and my you know i haven't played any redraft this year but in general there's players i'm like oh man i wish i had that player and dfs gives you that opportunity sometimes then you have a player who's injured and you're like oh i'm screwed in this league this week this guy is out but you can just uh, go and put in whichever player you prefer in your DraftKings lineup so that will be coming up this weekend check out the link i'll be tweeting out for that listener league Uh, you can go up against me and of course i'm sure there'll be other people jumping in on twitter as well to have a little bit of a competition and maybe win yourself some cash as well so stay tuned to that overtime art on twitter feed for more on that but you know i don't want to bring the show down here a couple of notches but uh it's been bleak for me this uh, season so far at, at times <laughs> it started off so positively and it, it might get positive again here with the Arn rogers comeback on the horizon they did win this weekend and what was maybe the ugliest game off the week but a win is a win but uh ben here is a, a denver broncos fan and he has a, a nice denver broncos flag up behind him so he's obviously yeah, still yeah. He's, he's still uh proud off those colors but uh you know what about those broncos yeah, man. I mean, I am a Denver Broncos diehard fan for the rest of my life. I pride myself on, you know, being a good fan and, and being a good fan is all about loyalty. But this has been one of the That's most embarrassing testament. seasons. It's a little test- testing this year. You know, it's one of the most embarrassing seasons that I can remember. Uh, 27 years old, being a fan of the Denver Broncos. But again, um, you know, Super Bowl 50 obviously helps with that. If we did not get that championship, this would hurt a lot more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this year has been terrible, and I think the one thought was, okay, well, you know, Trevor Simeon is a placeholder quarterback, but he's definitely better than the trash that is Brock Osweiler, and unfortunately, our 100% bust of a first-round pick, Paxton Lynch, I've seen all that I need to see, um, and I thought, you know, I mean, good matchup against the Dolphins last week, can kind of trust, you know, some of these guys in tournaments, because nobody will be thinking about it, and I know Simeon, you know, is up and down, but he can have those good weeks. And it didn't even work out with Trevor Simeon. So the defense, you know, who's still pretty solid against the the pass in terms of yards statistically have actually allowed the most pass touchdowns in the entire NFL. I mean, it's just all the wheels have completely fallen off and it is embarrassing. Um, Hopefully they can get it together. But, yeah, it's been a rough year. And, you know, the Broncos kind of went all in John Elway kind of went all in with all the the free agent acquisitions and everything to get Peyton Manning as much help as he could to win that Super Bowl 50 which it worked out and that's why it makes it a lot easier but moving forward I really don't think that you can trust any Broncos um you know you want to get that it's 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 hard to quantify but you want to get that warm and fuzzy feeling of players that you can have confidence in throwing them into your do or die must win matchups and after what I saw last week in a very good matchup 
with the best quarterback option that the Broncos have and they still couldn't do anything. If you have better options, I would play them because I I just have no trust. This is a lost season and and you don't want to put your title hopes in the cha- you know in the chances of a bad offense and a bad team. Yeah, and I agree 100%. Uh, a player that I have a lot of uh, ownership in both Dynasty and this past week I played him in, a, in pretty much all of my uh, DFS lineups and that was Emmanuel Sanders. So that obviously Same. went... Uh, <laughs> you know, I Not thought, in cash, uh, but I played him in almost I all thought, my tournaments. Like, you just have to have uh, have him in there. He was so cheap in DFS and, you know, I, I just thought, it, you know, good matchup against Miami in that game. Just, you know, you mentioned the wheels fell off. I think the doors fell off and <laughs> I don't know where yes. the roof went. Like, yeah. Everything's just gone. <laughs> it's just all gone. But uh, it was a tough, tough one and I'm sure it was tough for you watching and I know how you feel though some of those uh, Brett Hundley games a couple of weeks ago that just were tough tough times to watch so we'll uh, we'll move on and we'll try and get into some maybe happier topics to talk about as we nice. move in here and the first one we're <laughs> going to talk about is uh, the Falcons running backs of course uh, Devontae Freeman returned uh, after missing two games uh, with a concussion he totaled 81 yards and then obviously that limited Tevin Coleman a little bit and he totaled just 49 yards so uh, both of them kind of siphoning each other's work and it was a, a tough matchup against the Minnesota Vikings so uh, take from that what you may but rest of season I'm putting you on the, the spot here pick one of those guys to uh, own the rest of the way it's probably going to go with Freeman yeah it's Freeman it's it's Freeman when he's healthy and he's the starter he almost always sees more touches more snaps and things like that and of course we've seen Tevin Coleman you know is a very exciting player and he has the ability to have some some blow-up plays but you know when when we're looking for that safety, whether it is in DFS, because volume rules the day in DFS and it rules the day in all of fantasy football. When you're when we're looking for that safety and we need guys that we can rely on to help us win right now and we have to, you you, you know, the process has to win out and you have to feel good about your plays regardless of what ends up happening. And Devontae Freeman, his usage trends, um, you know, tells you that he's the guy that you're going to trust the rest of the way now that he's back from his concussion and he had uh, I believe more opportunities last week as well and definitely had more total yards than, than Coleman so it depends I think that they're both absolutely possibilities to play this week against the Saints I believe it is um, on Thursday night but you it just it's just going to depend on the the number of other options you have and who you're looking at but yeah i think if you're looking between these two freeman is a pretty solid bet based on what we've seen from him the last couple of years last three years actually as the starting running back on a good offense and uh, you mentioned there that you know volume kind of an opportunity rules the way but i just want to jump onto this question i know i had it a little bit further down the show sheet but uh, what can we say about alvin kamara <laughs> <laughs> At this point, uh, when we're talking about uh, facing against obviously the, the Panthers' defense, he pretty much shredded them 126 total yards and two touchdowns. And you know, we're talking about you know reg- positive regression, negative regression. How yeah. is it going to go? He can't yeah. keep up this pace. And uh, Alvin Kamara just continues. Last week, he was the the most expensive running back on DraftKings, and uh, you know, people were saying that just because he wouldn't get the opportunities, you couldn't have it there. But again, finished the week as uh, one of the top running backs. And of course, Mark Ingram, not to be outdone, had a 122 yards and a touchdown in this one. So most of the time, you'd be saying, "Oh, Mark Ingram, absolute stud, really is having a phenomenal year." But as uh, his counterpart here in uh, Alvin Kamara seems to be just outshining him and is clearly on his way to, to offensive rookie of the year at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm just absolutely in love with this dude, Alvin Kamara. I remember watching tape of him before the draft and just really, really liking what I saw. But of course, you know, it's like, well, 
He didn't have a ton of production, and you know we want to put weight on this college production. And I think Alvin Kamara is definitely the you know the specific case that you know moving forward when I am watching tape and I am looking at numbers and production and things like that in college, I'm going to always have to ask moving forward, okay, but who's the coach? And is that coach actually smart? Because clearly, I think Butch Davis was his name. I think he didn't realize what he had because Alvin Kamara is a freak. He is so, so talented. And, you know, there are just those situations of fantasy football where, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. And it doesn't matter necessarily how many touches he's getting. But also on top of that, his usage is continuing to slowly go upward. And it's basically like a 50-50 split now with Kamara and Mark Ingram. And, you know, I mean, it's funny that we talked about the Falcons because I feel like the Saints running backs are kind of what the Falcons running backs were last year. Yeah, because the Falcons offense was just clicking at all cylinders. And, you know, we know what the Panthers did when they went to the Super Bowl. And my Broncos, luckily, thankfully, got the <laughs> got the Super Bowl win. You know, th- there are just these phenomenal seasons that it's kind of even hard to quantify and figure out why exactly it happens this way. But the Saints are in one right now. And the Falcons, you know, a year removed are kind of struggling. But you just appreciate when something like this is happening, it's why I think you can, you know, trust Russell Wilson this week. He's just having one of those seasons and you just want to continue to ride ride the wave. And you're obviously not sitting Alvin Kamara. Forget the usage. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I do have him in one of my four dynasty leagues and I am trying to ride him to a championship. And I'm very happy that I have him for years to come because he's just a freak, freak, freak talent in this league. And I think it's very easy to see. Yeah, and when uh, you know you mentioned kind of riding him to a championship, I know we can talk about oh well, maybe this week's the week that it all falls apart for him. But if it, you know you have you're playing him, and if it falls apart this week, he's the reason that you got to the stage of the season. So sometimes that happens. People have a you know put up a goose egg, or I would call it a goose egg a zero in a big yeah. game, and you know that that just happens. Sometimes people could get injured on the first snap of the game, but if you have either of these Saints running backs, you are running the rest of the way with them as fast as possible. I have quite a number. Uh, three of my dynasty teams uh, that are in the playoffs have uh, Mark Ingram as uh, my nice. starting runner back in that. So, you know, and I mentioned the differences there. You know, uh, he's uh, Ingram himself is having such a phenomenal season. But back again to Kamara, one more stat here that I have. He has at least 116 yards from scrimmage in five straight games, and he has nine touchdowns and eight appearances since Adrian Peterson was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So when you look at it, there's, you know, we had that tree. He had a backfield for a while, and it just looked like Peterson was so out of place. But that was a great decision all round by, by the Saints to move on in that one so you mentioned earlier Josh McCown was kind of you know a savior for you a superstar last week he's been a, a streaming superstar for pretty much anyone in any format that's played him over the course of the season and uh, you know this year this last week he continued to do that he threw for 331 yards and a touchdown he also had a pair of Russian touchdowns and there was a spell in this game where they it looked like they were inside the five yard line for you know about 45 minutes of <laughs> yeah. time so it, it was pretty incredible I think the, they got to third down twice and on third down I think there was a penalty flag on two separate occasions so absolutely insane I'm not sure if it was one of those penalty flags then that uh, Marcus Peters threw into yeah the, I into think it stand. was I think it was and then at the end of all of that McCown I think got another rushing touchdown which helped my cash lineup so that was 
that was crazy to watch, and uh, I was end. I was very happy at the end of it. <laughs> Five rushing touchdowns now for him on the season, and you know people were talking about it early in the season that he is sneakily athletic. You know, he's not the most athletic player, but he has that ability to move around, and he he has rushed now obviously for five on the season but he had uh, rushing touchdowns previously coming into the season he does sometimes run with kind of reckless abandon he's got himself a few concussions trying to get in the end zone in the past i remember back to when he was playing with the cleveland browns but yeah obviously doing a nice job and he is supporting uh, two kind of at the moment fantasy uh, relevant wide receivers jimmy curse had uh, 157 yards in this game with nine catches but robbie anderson is kind of the story that everyone's talking about and he had eight catches 107 yards his touchdown streak dead end but he was on a real real run over the last couple of weeks he did get taken down at the one yard line for one of those short rushing touchdowns so obviously uh, he was very very close to doing it again in the offseason he was one of the players that I was going to take in MFL 10s in the 20th round I picked him up in pretty much all of my dynasty leagues and there's a couple of those dynasty leagues now that he's carrying uh, into the playoffs and nice. you know, he was a lottery ticket I mentioned him to a few different uh, fantasy analysts that came on the show I mentioned him I was kind of scoffed at I, I talked to a Jets beat reporter in the preseason I was scoffed at uh, people just thought you know wow. he's not. And, and the problem too was that he obviously uh, got himself into a little bit of a trouble in Miami early yeah. in the, uh, and I had kind of been looking at him from last season if you look at the end of last season there was some production there and I thought maybe with the Jets needing uh, pass catchers obviously somebody has to catch the ball and obviously he has been a lottery ticket for me that has hit but he's somebody that's very hard uh, to figure out his value in Dynasty because people maybe now at this stage of the season are uh, catching on to him but earlier in the season I was trying to do a couple of trades and was offering him plus picks for certain players and they were all turned down and you know if you look at it now the, the thing's completely flipped where you'd have to be getting picks plus the player I wanted for Robbie Anderson so but it's very hard to get his value and I think it's gonna be very hard all off season to figure out what he is worth because people will say you know the, the Jets are probably going to have a different quarterback he mightn't get the same workload as he did there might be another receiver coming in the draft so it's hard to really figure all that out but what do you kind of think that his value is at this point in time and uh, if you were kind of buying him or selling him what would the, the range of outcomes be there yeah it's tough because you know I think a lot of people myself included were excited about Quincy and Nunwa coming into the season and then he got he gets hurt so we don't know what's going to happen with him he could potentially be back uh, but you know kudos to you for for loading up on him because i feel a a lot of calls that go wrong too so uh, i had a lot of spencer wire so that was another one (laughs) i think i overthought it with our darius stewart a little bit liked his film uh but i am i do like josh mccown a lot and he has been able to stay healthy this year and it's ended up working out so i think for the second year in a row um you know not only with mccown but also with bryce petty a lot of the season before robbie anderson has produced He's very fast. He, I believe I saw, leads the league in deep touchdowns. And, and it's, that's not his only um, you know, go-to. He, he's becoming more of a polished receiver. And we see that with this, all of this consistency that he's had this year. 22 targets over the past two weeks, over 100 receiving yards in both games, um, seven touchdowns on the season, I believe it is. So, I mean, I think that we can look – because I struggle with these dynasty trade – um, evaluations as well. But I think we can look at it and we can pretty safely say that he's a talented player. And so it would just come down to, uh, I mean, I, I don't have him in any of my four leagues. If I did, I would be very happy about it. And I probably would not be looking to trade him um, unless I got blown away. But I think, you know, he is somebody that I will have to consider once the dust settles because I'm so bad at offering trades during the season because I'm such focused in DFS. 
but that's when I, I get into it a lot is in the off season when I'm kind of really looking at my rosters and trying to get guys. And he is somebody that I will consider because I think there are those questions that, you know, what's going to happen. But I think that he's done so much over the past two years that he should be safely starting for the Jets for, you know, a couple years would be my guess. And we kind of have to, you know, make projections in dynasty. So a second round pick, depending on, you know, where it is, if it's mid second, late second, um, you know, I haven't really gotten into evaluating this rookie class at all, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at because like, I mean, if you're trying to buy him right now, you're obviously going to have to offer something of good value because of how productive he's been. And I think that's probably what sounds fair to me is like a mid second, um, late second and, and good, you know, hopefully the owner agrees to it, which there's no guarantee that that happens at all. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, you kind of have, obviously the trade deadlines in a lot of leagues might have passed, but when we look into the offseason, I think it's going to be a case of, at this moment in time, and I mentioned I own him in leagues, I probably would be reluctant to let him go for uh, less than a kind of late force, and I think that might be too much that, for people to pay up, and I think if I was looking to buy him, you mentioned a mid-second, I think I'd be willing to go kind of to that kind of the third or fourth pick of the second round range, so I have it kind of late first, early second, but I can see where you're coming from there, and sometimes with these players who are later draft picks or on draft or free agents that don't come in with that hype around them, we see a lot of the kind of first round, second round picks have no production in their first couple of years in the league, and people are still buying into them, they're all over them, they're worth this and they're worth that but when you look at players like this and you look at somebody like i'm not comparing him to him but somebody like adam thielen last year people were so slow to catch on to how good he was and uh, then of course it comes into this year and he's one of the best wide receivers in the nfl so you just have to yeah. be uh, very kind of tuned in try and find those values and sometimes even when a player like anderson is going good like he is now sometimes uh, this might be the peak of his powers but it's always worth that little gamble as i mentioned if you get get him for a, a mid second or an early second uh, because a lot of those second round picks once you go past those first kind of six picks in a rookie draft that's really much all, all up in the air there sometimes you get a, a great bargain like odell beckham who wasn't going in those top six picks you might get an alvin kamara but then a lot of the time then you can end up with an absolute uh, dud in those first six picks so it's it's all about uh, luck at that stage then so we're moving on to the other side of that game. I want to talk about this. this was obviously the the bonanza of the week, and it was the it looked like after you know kind of five minutes that the the Chiefs were back in their stride. They were ready to go. Andy <laughs> yeah. had switched up uh, his play calling duties. He had passed them off and. Travis Kelsey just uh, absolutely dominated the start. He had uh, three receptions, 90 yards, and two touchdowns after the first two Kansas City possessions. But uh, then, obviously, the, the Jets kind of clamped down on him after that. And it was just uh, really strange to see. I was just watching. I was like, oh, this is a blowout. And I, I had Josh McCown and a couple of things. And I actually thought, this is quite good because, you know, they're going to have to fight back. He might throw a couple of interceptions, but he's going to get the opportunity to throw the ball down the field. So you, I don't know if you were feeling the same way. But then uh, Tyreek Hill had kind of a little bit of a, an upstart in the second half. He is continued to be much better away from home than he is at home and uh, this was another game where he had six receptions for a career high 185 yards and two touchdowns so any reason i've been on this road splits in dfs for quite a few weeks now probably yeah. since uh, i remember back to when they played the, the dallas cowboys and he only had uh, maybe i think four receptions but he had that one just before half time was like a, a hail mary check down such pass. an insane yeah. play such a so uh, one of my favorite plays of the season but when yes. you when you look at when you look at it that was the first kind of real home road split i had started to look into in dfs on him and uh, using some different apps and different models to see it but it just continues to happen that at Arrowhead, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have as much production. And then, like I mentioned this week, 185 yards and two touchdowns on the road. Any reason that you can see for that? Uh, or is it just a case of maybe the Chiefs being more conservative at home? 
Yeah, I, I don't really know, man. I, I Home road splits are definitely something that I do like to pay attention to as well. You know, the Ben Roethlisberger issues on the road and things like that. But I've, I've always tended to be somebody that thinks, you know, I'm going to I'm going to bump up a player a little bit when they're playing at home, when they're, you know, sleeping in their own bed and they're they're playing, you know, with usually the majority their own fans behind them and things like that. And so, you know, that's why I will put a little bit more focus on the Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, he's at home, so he should play a little bit better. But this is the complete opposite of that. And I really don't know if there is an answer other than randomness, as crazy as that is. But the only thought that I would have is, yeah, like, you know, I have been to Kansas City Stadium and it is the the Chiefs have phenomenal fans. And it is one of the toughest places to play in the league. And usually the Chiefs over the past couple of years have had a pretty good defense. And this year they do not, at least right now at all. But they, when playing at home and they have that home field advantage and the defense is, is going well a lot of the time, yes, they, they are able to kind of control some of those games. And that's not going to unleash Alex Smith's upside. Um, you know, usually we don't see that happen. It, it was fun to see last week. Um, because the the game that Alex Smith and I think Andy Reid wants to play as well is a conservative game, you know, run the football all the way back to the Jamal Charles days, play good defense and win. And at home, I think that they can do that a little bit better. At least that would be my theory. And this is something that, you know, in the offseason, when I have a little bit more time, I probably will uh, want to dive in on or, or, or just go check it out here because, it is. It is. I have seen those tweets, and it is really weird because you don't usually see something like this on the road. And then he goes out and has an unreal 185 yards, two touchdown day, and all of a sudden it's like Kelsey's not even out there, even after his start, like you touched on. So um, interesting. Not something that I would really put any faith into um, because it's a position you know that's so you know that is that gives into so much variance as is because, you know, we're talking about a low amount of targets um, just in general. uh, Tyreek Hill sees a good amount of targets, but just in general on a week-to-week basis, you know, not as many opportunities as running backs, and he's relying on Alex Smith and all of these factors. You know, I'm not going to, oh, I know Tyreek Hill is going to ball out because he's on the road. That's not something I'm going to do, but it is interesting, and that would be my one theory behind it. I don't know. uh, Do you have any thoughts on it? No, my mine's would be similar that at home they try and uh, you know base it around the defense of a lower scoring game and uh, make things work that way. And you know people talk about Seattle, the noise there, uh, Arrowhead equally as loud. Uh, you know in terms of the home fans, so yes. you could be onto something there. I have thought that in the past, so maybe, maybe we're onto something here. Great minds think alike and all that sort of stuff. But oh yeah, moving on, <laughs> moving on to uh, somewhere where I actually have to say was very very loud this past week, and that was Lambeau Field, and and of course it affected uh, the the. Uh, affected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit. Jameis Winston returned from his injury and it appears in that case so did Cameron Britt uh, and the three games that Winston missed Britt total just 28 scoreless yards and then of course this week he's back in the lineup and uh, he's 39 yards and caught two touchdowns in that one game so obviously uh, there is a huge rapport there between Britt and Winston and I kind of did think that would happen this week uh, a lot of people didn't think it would happen but it seems to just be there is a link up there between the two and he is the go-to target in the red zone uh, of course then those uh, kind of two stars that we thought would have big games against this Green Bay secondary which is banged up but they did not and that was Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson Evans going for two catches for 33 yards Deshaun Jackson two for 24 so that wasn't good the one thing I want to hit on on this is Jameis Winston and obviously he's always going to be compared to Marcus Mariota and while Marcus Mariota 
isn't lighting things up this year. He obviously we know that he takes care of the ball. Uh, if you look at Winston now, uh, since he's come into the league, he's at forty-one career contests. He now has fifty turnovers in that. So twenty eighteen is going to be an interesting year for uh, the former number one overall pick. It could be a make or break for him. I think it's going to be a very interesting one. Obviously, make or break might be a little bit too tough on that one, but uh, you know it's just a case of the turnovers just are over and over and over again, and a lot of them are just so silly. The pick six this past week, I don't know if you've seen it, Ben, but he's getting sacked, and he has nowhere to throw the ball. He tries to throw it. He gets hit a second time. He basically throws it straight to the, the Packers defensive lineman who runs untouched uh, about 65 yeah. yards for a, a touchdown. So, so insane. Just just live to play another down. Throw the ball away. Get it, get it out of bounds. And it's particularly when you're coming back from an injury, don't get yourself injured again. So, uh, obviously not good there. But Right. Too many of those plays in his career, as you touched on. And a, a bit more of a positive note was the, the return of Josh Garden. Obviously, he had missed the last two seasons. Uh, pretty much uh, most of 2014 all of uh, uh, last year than most of this year so we kind of didn't know how to go would he come in slowly how would it be but he obviously is an erratic rookie quarterback and he was playing against the Chargers which is a very tough uh, secondary to go against but he was up against Casey Hayward most of the way and after the game Hayward came out and said that uh, he Garden was the best uh, wide receiver he played against this year and of course that's high praise considering the fact he's played against Odell Beckham among a lot of other top top names uh, Des Bryant and there a couple other names I can't think of off the top of my head but uh, he led the Browns with 11 targets. He caught four passes. There was only six of those passes that were actually catchable. He had 85 yards. He could have had a lot, lot more. He was uh, pretty much uh, wide open on pretty much every route that he ran. Uh, just so, so impressive and absolutely unbelievable freak. It's, it's very, very hard to just put into words how talented this man is. Corey Coleman, obviously uh, disappointed, failing to catch any of his four targets. Uh, so zero points for him. But rest of season, Coleman had been getting the workload. He'd been getting the volume. We thought that you know it'd be a case of Coleman was the one that we'd want to own rest of season but when we're looking now for the last couple of weeks you know if you're in the playoffs can you trust Coleman can you start him and maybe if you're somebody I know a lot of people in Dynasty have Garden sitting on their rosters for three or four years and they're just like he's coming back he's coming back I trust him you know they've invested so much in him but if you're in the playoffs now you have Garden on the roster can you slot him into those lineups who who do you want for the next couple of weeks do you want Garden or Coleman man it's it's got to be Gordon and I have not so I before I kind of got into the industry, uh, I wasn't playing as many leagues back in the day. And Gordon's uh, unreal season, I actually drafted him in all three of my leagues uh, because I, he was suspended the first two games of that season. So he was going v- at a very good value, I thought, in the drafts. And I had him, and that was a very fun year. And I've kind of taken the the standpoint that, you know, I, I own Josh Gordon. I, I, I got him at the, the you know – the probably maybe the best value that you'll ever be able to have him at. And so I wasn't really ever one of these people that's like, oh, you know, I, I got to own him when he comes back because I kind of already have been there and done that as, as kind of arrogant as that sounds. But that's kind of been my thought process. So I've never really, you know, I just, you know, I, I didn't I didn't even know if this day was going to come really because of everything that's been going on. But now, you know, you kind of look at it and, you know, you look at how in shape he is and like you said, how free, how a crazy freakish of an athlete he is. And I definitely didn't see four for 85 in his first game back against Casey Hayward pro football focuses, number one cornerback. And you have to take notice of that. And Hugh Jackson has a, you know, a history of talking up players. So you kind of eye roll, you know, doc gif uh, when he's talking about somebody, but he's, you know, he had all of these positive things to say about Josh Gordon and then, 
you touched on it. Corey Coleman was seeing the targets. Now in Josh Gordon's first game back since 2014, he sees 11 targets, and he's being targeted deep downfield, and he's making contested catches over the number one ranked cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus, this season. And so I think that as crazy, I wrote him up in my cash article for DFS, and I even put that in there. Like I did not see myself saying that Josh Gordon is a reliable player this early, but volume matters. Volume drives all. And when we're talking about such a talented wide receiver who clearly I thought on film it was going to look like, yep, you know, he's kind of lost. He's got to kind of get back into it. It looked like, you know, it, it looked like he's Alvin Kamara out there, Kamara. It looked like he just, it, it, this game is easy for him. And that's what it looks like for both of these guys. And when you got a guy that's that talented and this game is that easy to him and he's getting that much volume, Josh Gordon is the guy. And I don't have a problem playing him in DFS, whether it's cash or, or tournaments. And I think that you can rely on him in your season long and in your dynasty playoffs as well. Coleman, a lot more questions because now with Gordon returning, I do think Gordon is the alpha at least for now until we see it differently. So I think Coleman would be hard to trust and I would look for better options if I had them uh, because I think Gordon is the alpha right now. Yeah, I feel the same way, but I think, uh, you know, the workload was split 11 targets at four targets. I think this week we'll see that probably balance out a little bit. Maybe Garden gets six to eight and Coleman gets, uh, you know, four to six. I think it'll balance out a little bit more that way and we'll see them get a similar workload but they are going against uh, or actually sorry first i think that there's an opportunity if you have still uh, the trade deadline hasn't passed in your dynasty league i think there's opportunity there to try and acquire coleman because he's still a player i think is very talented and a player that i i would like to own if i can i have him in a few dynasty leagues and i think he's somebody if you can buy him cheaply now uh, definitely still has the long-term outlook being very positive the outlook for the browns this week they're playing the packers and obviously i mentioned the secondary obviously the, the tampa bay buccaneers couldn't take advantage of that last week but big game for the Packers because if they win this Rodgers could be back the following week uh, and uh, of course this week the Panthers playing the Vikings and one that you think the Vikings might take and if that there happens it'll be the, the Packers and the Panthers with Rodgers coming back for the, the that last wildcard spot with a couple of weeks left to go so narrative street coming up here the Packers must win against the Cleveland Browns uh, they can't afford to slip up in this one but are the Browns going to win 16? Man, I hope the Browns do not win this week because in one of those dynasty leagues, I have Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, and I really need um, to advance and then Rodgers to come back and be my savior, um, you know, the GOAT. Um, and so I hope that the Browns don't win, but I am fearful that they might, and I'm afraid to say this to you, uh, my dear friend. But in Cleveland, with Josh Gordon coming back and adding a little bit more of a dimension, um, and and I'm really not a believer in Brett Hundley, um, I, I'm fearful that the Browns could get a win this week. But I hope that they don't because I need Rodgers to come back motivated and carry me to a championship. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, I, I'm hoping the Packers win this week, but I, I do think there'll be opportunities there, and particularly in fantasy football terms, if you're looking at it that way, uh, definitely for this Browns team to uh, put up some points. Uh, moving on then to looking at the Titans, uh, the Titans running game wasn't very productive this past week in their win until Derrick Henry broke uh, for a 75-yard touchdown run that was icing the game at the very, very end of things. He had just 10 carries and 34 yards before that final run, so obviously that bumped up his stat line and his production a huge, huge amount. But Demarco Murray continues to do pretty very 
very little actually with his opportunity he had 79 scoreless yards but when you look at the two of them it just looks um, absolutely ridiculous looks like Murray's running through you know quicksand or something at this point just doesn't have maybe it's the hamstring injury is bothering him all season long but he continues to get that work time and time again and then in the fourth quarter this one from uh, Rich Rebar at Lord Reeves uh, Derek Henry who is 16th in rushing this year has 629 yards in total uh, is first and fourth quarter rushing with 376 yards so he's uh, you know continuing to uh, get those carries late in the game and continue to get good uh, production with them so I think it's just they need to turn it over and give it to, to Derek Henry from the very start but it's very very hard to figure out what they're going to do uh, do you think um, you know are we looking will they give it to Derek Henry this week is this the week um, no, I don't think it is. It's a frustrating situation, but I think that you're working, you know, this is a timeshare and it, it's, it sucks because we're looking at, you know, we're trying to find those running back situations that don't have any question marks. And, you know, can we rely on Peyton Barber? Oh no, it looks like Doug Martin might come back. You know, we don't want that. We want one guy. We want to know who's going to get the touches and even if it's a tough matchup, volume matters more. And that's why Jamal Williams, um, you know, probably your boy, I hope your boy, I like Jamal Williams, um, you know, is, is putting up these stats the last couple weeks because he's getting the volume. And if we knew one of these guys was the starter, he would be a no-brainer start. But because they continue to split time, it's very tough to rely on. No better options. You know, both of them have had good games at times, and it is a good um, you know, offensive line and a team that likes to run and things like that. But it's tough. It's tough to rely on them. And it's, you know, not a great spot on the road against the Cardinals. Obviously, their Cardinals offense is up and down with Blaine Gabbert, who has been turning the ball over, but at the same time putting up some stats. But the defense continues to be pretty solid. Not a great spot there. So um, I would there are definitely better options out there and you know that's why it's important to pay attention to these injury reports with Doug Martin and with um, Joe Mixon and things like that because I would rather trust a Geo or a Peyton Barber if I knew he was going to get the touches over a headache of a backfield unfortunately because Derrick Henry I agree I'm, I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan and I look forward to probably next year where he is that you know plug and play guy but we're probably going to have to wait until 2018 for that to happen. Yeah, of course, uh, I pretty much uh, fit all that in under my umbrella for what I, I think on the situation. I just want to uh, quickly give uh, listeners a reminder, of course, as well, that uh, with our affiliation with NFL Shop Europe, that uh, the holidays are just around the corner. There's still time to get yourself some bargains because with our link with them at NFLShopEurope.com, you can save yourself 10% off all orders by clicking through the link that I either tweet out or the link on the OTI website. So it's 10% off all orders. It's the exact same as NFL Shop, but uh, it's based here in Europe and uh, of course perfect time to, to save some money as you buy those christmas presents for uh, your loved ones and maybe even buy yourself a christmas present for yourself maybe get your your team's jersey upgrade get a new name on the back of it or whatever you're thinking and uh, of course that is nfl shop europe and of course the way to save is that link it will automatically deduct 10 percent off your order while you get to the checkout so moving on now to the last couple of uh, topics before we wrap things up and i'm going to put you on the spot for the next two it's going to be kind of pick one off the two topics and the first one up is kareem hunt he has gone from being pretty much uh, the breakout star at the start of the league everyone was thinking about him as the rookie of the year you know he was in the alvin kamara mode for the first couple of weeks yeah. this season and uh, now he's one of the kind of the most frustrating fantasy football players to own he's uh, a tough player to start uh, as we go into the playoffs here he's rushed nine times for 40 yards and added three catches for 23 yards against the Jets this past week and despite just one score uh, since uh, 
I think he hasn't scored now since week six, I believe. Uh, what what can you do with him going forward? Of course, then Spencer Ware will be back in 2018. The other one that you have the option of talking about is uh, the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo obviously had a he didn't throw a touchdown this week, but he had quite a nice game, three for uh, 293 yards, and obviously led them through that late scoring drive. It was a field goal fest here uh, for the Bears and the 49ers this past week, but I have to say he was uh, very, very uh, impressive overall in that first start for him, but he was a perfect 14-14 while targeting his two top options, that is Marquise Goodwin, who had eight catches for 99 yards. And then wide receiver Trent Taylor, who had six for ninety-two, and Taylor is an interesting option. You know, if you're if you're playing in uh, weekly games and you're trying to slot somebody in there off the waiver wire to to get you some production, those two guys are doing very very well. But I'm very interested in Marquise Goodwin, who has you know Olympic level speed and has been doing it uh, on a on the short routes too, as well as those deep passes. So I want to get your thoughts on either Goodwin going forward or else uh, Kareem Hunt going forward. You pick which one you want to head on. Um, I think I got to talk about Kareem Hunt because I am in, you know, kind of this situation. And I, in one of my dynasty leagues, I've been playing him all year and it's like, okay, it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around and it hasn't. And I'm looking at, you know, what am I going to do for the playoffs? And I think that for the rest of this season, if, you know, you probably don't have a ton of amazing options. And if you do, then you know you can just slide away from the headache and and not worry about it. But I in this dynasty league at least where you know there's lots of um, their deep their deep rosters and things like that, and it's hard to gain a ton a ton of depth on your your roster. I'm gonna play Kareem Hunt again, and I think that most owners um, and and we'll see what happens with with Joe Mixon and with um, Doug Martin and things like that. And obviously, be proactive about you know, those types of guys, if anybody's on your waiver wire and gobble up as much volume as you can so you can make the best decision for yourself, you know, Thursday, Friday, whenever you're locking in your team. Um, but if you don't have some of those guaranteed, uh, you know, volume options available, I think you just you just have to grin and bear it and play him. And he's one of those people that's not going to give you that warm and fuzzy feeling. But at home, you know, the Raiders are okay against the run. They're worse against the pass, but pretty bad defense overall. And you, you we just have to hope. And it, it kind of sucks because it's hope. And that's why he's not, you don't have to lock him in. But I think what I'm doing is I'm going to play him and I'm just going to hope that, you know, what we saw earlier, because I do believe in his talent, watching his tape before, um, you know, he came into the league and I've seen him do it at times in the NFL. Um, and it, it he just needs more carries and it's been, you know, questionable lately, but we do know that he is the starter and he is a dual threat that can catch passes and does catch passes out of the backfield. And so I think you play him and you just hope that this is the week. Um, and then, you know, moving forward, Spencer Ware coming back is a real issue because he has fallen off and he kind of has done what Spencer Ware did the year before. Um, and, but again, you know, this all comes down to, we want, we don't want the headache. We want to know. And Spencer Ware coming back, you know, is this 50, 50, is this 60, 40, that would hurt because we've already seen Charkandrick West cutting into Kareem Hunt enough to where he hasn't been able to be a beast like we thought he was going to be. So see season long, you know, the rest of this year, I think at least this week the matchup is good enough that you play him unless your options are too good to pass up. And Dynasty, it's a it's a tough question because he his value has obviously taken a huge hit 
versus what it was at the beginning of the season. And I don't, as a cream hunt owner, I don't necessarily, I, I don't think I'm running out to sell him because the price has gone too, too low. So really I wouldn't sell him because I still think that he does have the ability to be the starter, um, you know, on the chiefs for, for a long time. And I, I maybe even because of that would look at acquiring him if I can do it on the cheap before he has another big game, which I do think is coming soon enough and it, and it can, it could potentially be this week. Uh, now on to the subject of tight ends and uh, obviously the NFL this past week I'm sure you've heard this listeners uh, Rob Gronkowski was suspended for one game for violating the league's player safety policy and it was a, an illegal hit that left Bills cornerback Tredavious White with a concussion and it just was a, a moment of stupidity from Gronk he did seem after the game to uh, you know be very regretful and so on and so forth but it, it doesn't matter the punishment had to be there we've seen it a couple of weeks ago with the incident with Mike Evans and you know a similar incident but in my opinion this one was worse because the man was on the ground and clearly couldn't protect himself the other one then uh, Zach Ertz left the week 13 game with Seattle with a concussion he still hasn't practiced this week he is in the concussion protocol so there's a good opportunity that he will miss this week's game then Steven Anderson uh, with another player missing out and CJ Fedorowicz he got a second concussion this season he's off to injured reserve yet again so we have Steven Anderson who this past week had five for 79 and one touchdown so I think he's a solid option for week 14 so you can either answer on your prospects for the week 14 uh, tight end position or you can talk about any player that you think that you're uh, banking on finishing strong the rest of the way in, in DFS that you're thinking the next two weeks they could be uh, big, big time players for you? Oh man, okay. Uh, I mean, usually I wouldn't be that excited to talk about the tight end position, but I, <laughs> I actually am this week because, um, you know, first the guaranteed, um, Steven Anderson is an athletic tight end. He has been involved um, a little bit this year and, and he had some some games where, he was kind of interesting last year as well, and now C.J. Fedorowicz on IR, Ryan Griffin, the other guy that kind of shared time with C.J. Fedorowicz last year on IR, um, Bruce Ellington on IR. I didn't even realize this until last night, but Braxton Miller suffered a concussion. We don't know if he's going to play. It doesn't sound like Will Fuller's going to play. So after DeAndre Hopkins gets his you know, 83 targets, <laughs> um, I do think that you know because of the tight end position just – how barfy it is as a whole you can pick up and play steven anderson this week in your do or die matchups because the volume should be there 12 targets last week you know and you're you're not going to get that again but you know five six seven targets that's that's bankable volume that you want at that position um and then on top of him who i actually prefer more than him but we have to wait to see what happens with zach ertz is trey burton if zach ertz is out Trey Burton is a guy that, you know, all year, um, I believe I said this on a Dynasty podcast before the season, um, you know, he's one of my favorite handcuffs at any position that nobody talks about because the tight end position on the Philadelphia Eagles is an extremely important position as we know. We see how involved Zach Ertz is. And when Zach Ertz has missed time, Trey Burton has produced. He is the direct backup to Zach Ertz. I kind of laughed when the announcers called him the number three tight end when Zach Ertz went out because I guess, you know, I guess that makes sense from um, a playing time perspective. But in fantasy football, we know that Selleck is a blocker and we know that the number two tight end is Trey Burton. He comes in, he has four catches on seven targets in that game. He caught a touchdown when Zach Ertz missed earlier this season. He caught a touchdown when Zach Ertz missed 
It was either week two or week three of last season, and he's just a guy that is basically Zach Ertz's direct replacement. We know how productive Ertz has been, and Burton is a talented player. So he would be a guy that I would feel very comfortable about playing in a very good offense. Carson Wentz is in the MVP conversation, leads the league in touchdown passes, um, you know, at a position where you're looking for some upside but also some reliability. I think Burton gives you all of that, and those are two guys – that you know, if you're limping into the playoffs, or if you know you've been streaming all season, they have the potential to help you win your matchup and move on to the next round. And I'm excited about both. But if Ertz is out, I would prioritize Burton over Steven Anderson. But both are in play. Yeah, and they're uh, this week they're playing the Rams, and the Rams have struggled a little bit against tight end over the last couple of weeks. So a very very interesting option there. Both very va- va- uh, valid streaming options this week uh, as we head heading to the, the playoffs so make sure uh, if they're on the waiver wires get them uh, into your rosters you might need them even over the next couple of weeks if you don't need them this week so ben as we wrap up the show obviously uh, you know i mentioned at the start that you're doing work with the fantasy footballers is there anything uh, obviously your dfs content coming out on a, on a uh, weekly basis with a couple articles but do you want to give a plug to those now for the listeners and where they can check them out yeah man i appreciate it i mean first of all i always love coming on here i had a blast with you and uh you know i hope that I am I I do love DFS and I do love the you know trying to put the puzzle pieces together every single week and looking at the salaries and you know it sounds it, it's awesome that uh sounds like you know everybody in Ireland has a little bit better opportunity to do so as at least on DraftKings and I love it because I I am passionate about it and it is fun for me and I hope that that passion comes out in my articles and in my podcasts and things like that and it's been fun to do a lot more for the fantasy footballers this year this is the first year that we have done the ultimate DFS pass and there are a lot of websites that do great work but it is a monthly fee ours is a one-time fee Um, you know we've been running some some discounts lately i'm not sure if we're going to do another one but it is a one-time fee we're going to be doing a ton of stuff during the playoffs as well i love playoff dfs and you know i i do a, a cash game article i do a tournament article i do a stacks article um, i write about relevant injuries uh, lately i've been kind of writing up the primetime slate a little bit the sunday and monday night games that we like to have fun and watch and of course put a little uh, money on and things like that. <laughs> and then we do the podcast every week and you know um, you can just search the fantasy footballers and then add DFS to the end of that. And we've been, you know, having a lot of momentum this season and having a lot of fun with it. And uh, the, the tweet, the positive tweet tweets rolling in that we've helped some people are very cool to see. And I hope it continues and uh, feel free to check that out at fantasy footballers. Um, again, it's called the ultimate DFS pass. And uh, of course, as well, you can find Ben on Twitter. It's at Ben Cummings FF. That is C U M M I N S, and then FF for fantasy football after it. And of course, that's the best way to get all the different uh, articles and pods that he's got coming out. He'll be tweeting them out there. So check that out. Make sure you're following Ben. Uh, always fun having him on this show, and it's uh, my pleasure as always. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I mentioned earlier the DraftKings uh, link up in the DraftKings League. I'm hoping to have this weekend. So stay tuned to the Overtime Ireland Twitter feed and get involved in that this week. See if uh, you can uh, test your chops against me this week. I'm ready to take on all comers. And uh, of course, if you beat me, then you can have uh, bragging rights for until the next time we uh, face off. So check that out. That will be coming up on Sunday. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So until then, of course, all that's left for me to say is have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word.
This has been an Overtime Ireland production.